What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. So glad you guys are joining me. This week, I am in sunny, well, really not so sunny, California. I'm in L.A. this week, and uh, it's not so sunny while I'm here. We got some sunshine peeking through, but uh, beautiful Southern California. I'm in L.A. for the week. I'm connecting with so many amazing people while I'm out here, and uh, man, it's been a fucking amazing time. Before I get to my guest, I want to first talk about my sponsor, Jumbo Superfoods. Are you guys having any sort of pain, any sort of issues sleeping? Are you having anxiety? Well, let me tell you about CBD, cannabidol, one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant. Uh, This particular compound has been shown to have a whole host of benefits. It's an adaptogen. It helps put the body in homeostasis. So go check out the full line of CBD products over at Jombo Superfoods. You can go to jombocbd.com. You can check out my favorite, the Muscle Bomb. They have a lip balm. They have geese. They have sprays. They have drops. They have it all. Go check them out. JumboCBD.com. You can use the code OUTSIDE at checkout. You'll save 20% off your entire order. So one more time, at checkout, save 20% off your entire order by using the code OUTSIDE. And it's even more relevant this week to me anyway because I'm in L.A. and I connected with my homie over at Jumbo Superfoods, Kyle And uh, go back to episode six. I sat down with Kyle um, on that episode, and we talked a lot about uh, CBD and Jumbo Superfoods. It was really rad to connect with him while while I was in L.A. We did not do a podcast, but who knows, we might do one in the future. A couple housekeeping things. Let's get these out of the way. Um, If you guys find value in these episodes, if you really enjoy these conversations, do me a favor. Go over and leave a rating, leave a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts especially, leave a five-star rating and review. That really helps out. Uh, If you're listening on another platform, like, comment, whatever it is that you need to do on there. Um, All of these things really help. So thank you so, so much. And then also go check out my buddy Justin Bricker's podcast. It's called The Why Not Podcast with Justin Bricker. He's sitting down with some cool-ass humans as well and having some uh, having some awesome conversations, so go check them out. So on this episode, I sit down with fellow Mace artist, fellow Mace coach, Jeffrey Oaks. Now, Jeff and I, we actually went through uh, the beta... Uh, like the beta month of the Steel Mace Flow uh, curriculum back in November of 2018. So we met through there. Um, you know, we've been interacting online. And I picked up Jeff from the airport. I got in on uh, Wednesday. I believe Jeff got in. Jeff got in the next day on Thursday. So I picked him up. We spent the day together. We checked out some different places, just exploring L.A. And it was just super cool, man. I felt like I just knew him from the get-go. And uh, we recorded this podcast towards the end of the day. It's kind of weird, you know, after spending an entire day with somebody and you've been talking the entire day to now go and record a podcast because uh, some of it kind of felt – 
you know, like, what do you, what do you talk about? You know, do you, do we repeat all the same shit that we've, we've been saying? Uh, but it was, it was awesome, dude. He was staying in this cool ass, uh, hostel, um, I guess if you will. And, uh, man, like the walls were fucking velvet. It had like this velvet, um, design on it. And it was just super cool. Kind of old time twenties ish, if you will. This was super rad ass space. Um, I didn't get video, which if you're listening to this, it doesn't really matter to you anyway. Um, obviously for the YouTube folks, it would be audio only. But man, this place was fucking cool. So um, I really enjoyed sitting down talking with Jeff and learning more about his story with the mace. It's not too often that you just meet somebody you just connect with them you know right off the go so uh it was really cool so i think you guys are going to enjoy this one without any further ado check it out aged a little bit more bluesy and chilled out but Early on in their career, they had a song called A Shotgun Named Marcus, where the refrain is something like, yes, I'm a redneck samurai. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, I'm sorry, tell me their name one more time. Clutch. Clutch, yeah. from, from the 90s. Clutch. I'm going to have to look them up. They're still around. They're actually, they just put out a new record that's pretty good. Oh, it's so awesome when like bands stick around and um, they stick true to their sound. I mean, it's yep. cool to evolve, Yeah. but um, like they don't, for lack of a better term, sell out. Yeah. I hate that shit. They have definitely not. I mean, they're not like a, a, a band of pretty boys. They're like a bunch of like gruff, normal-looking guys from Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. Do they have accents? I, I mean, I've never talked to them, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, he kind of sings with a little bit of a southern accent, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I find when most people sing, um, like singing is one of the therapies for uh, speech impediments yeah. because normally when people sing, this stuff goes away. I don't know what it does to like wire the brain. Hmm. But um, I had a teacher, I think she was an English teacher, probably like sophomore year in high school. She um, she actually played this old vinyl of when she was a little girl, and like she was reading, and she had this terrible stutter. Uh-huh. And then they had her sing the same thing, and it was just beautifully perfect. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder uh, if it's because she's like tapping into more conscious control. Or... Possibly, yeah. I don't know if it's just the, um, the octave of the volume that right. we're using or what hmm. it could be, so... This is interesting shit, Jeffrey. Yeah. Jeffrey Oaks. Jeffrey That's, Oaks. I said it right. Gosh, yes. You got it right on the first time. A lot of a lot of people don't. Um, I get ox a lot. Okay. Um, Oches is another common one. I can see that. But uh, but oaks it is like the tree. <laughs> I take pride in trying to get people's name correctly. Yeah. I used to work in a call center, and uh, people would answer on the phone, and we had this automated dialing system on the way out. And uh, and people just pick up the phone. I just I take pride in like trying to get people's names right or like the the name of their address or whatever. Just yep. like hard words. Um, it's interesting shit, man. Just the sounds we make with our mouth. <laughs> yep, yep. And how different uh, different peoples will speak with different parts of their body. Yeah, like some languages are very very guttural. Like they're talking from their bellies. Like Japan, or, like yeah. Japanese. Yep. Yeah. That's true. It's just interesting shit, man. People are weird. Humans yeah. are weird. Yeah, and you and I are both Midwesterners, so we got that like a little bit of that nasally thing going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. I never really thought about it, but yeah. it's true. 
It's true. People, um, so for the listeners, we're out here in California. Be- oh, yeah. Beautiful, sunny, uh, or it's been partly cloudy, but it, it got sunny. Um, L.A., and, uh, dude, we've uh, just been hanging out all day. I feel like we probably have had a million uh, conversations worth of podcasts today. Oh, yeah, we should have just, like, hit record <laughs> from, the, from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, but it's been all fucking great conversation. Um, so I guess maybe just a little backdrop for the listeners. Like, we're out here for... Um, I'm out here for a number of reasons, but the main reason that brought us both out here is the Steel Mace Flow Workshop um, that Leo Savage and Serena uh, Williams will be. This is Williams, right? That fucked that that's up. That's a that's a tennis player. That's Serena. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Serena. <laughs> if, you, if you hear this, Serena, I'm so sorry. Is it Serena Elizabeth? Is that I don't know her last name. That's what she goes by yeah. on, on on the Facebook, and she, yeah, she's the Steel Mace Gypsy. Steel Mace Gypsy. I yep. just fucked that yeah. whole thing up. <laughs> I've, I've I've seen her last name in print, but uh, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I no? just realized that as I was trying mm. to say it. Yeah, that's. Well, you can address that with her when you uh, converse with her later this weekend. I don't want to. Uh... Uh, yeah. What is your last name? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're out here for the Steel Mace Workshop. You're yep. going to be co-leading uh, that along with them. That's mm-hmm. super exciting. Yep. And uh, you are the uh, the flow master, right? That's right. Flow flow builder. Flow or, builder. Well, Damn it. It's been said flow builder, flow smith. Um, That's good too. But but really, what that what that means, as far as I'm concerned, is it means that within the uh, group of certified steel mace flow coaches of uh which one you are as well yeah um i'm one of the guys that really champions what i like to think of as advanced basics and i think as another jujitsu guy you'll you'll understand exactly what i mean i i remember reading this in bj penn's book um you know one of my favorite all-time fighters um, that you can do all the fancy flashy jujitsu moves that you want but it's you know similar to what bruce lee said you practice the same deadly arm bar over and over and you're going to have a wicked arm bar and it's about getting into the nuance of the technique not just doing an arm bar to be an arm bar but making sure that you've got your hips on the elbow you're pointing the thumb up you know yeah um so i kind of take that advanced basics approach in what I like to do with my steel mace flow, um, especially in the content that I put out on Instagram and the stuff that I teach in my classes as well. Yeah. Um, I love the really, really expressive flow. Um, that's what drew me in. But as I've seen the movement grow, I've seen what I feel is a need to really instill these strong basics in people. So Mm -hmm. as they develop their advanced basics, they're, more safely and freely able to express themselves right yeah it's about creating um that base structure those Mm -hmm. those lines before we actually start bending the lines let's actually create the lines and set a foundation and i mean like you said it's um it's like you should be more worried about the man who practices one technique you know ten thousand times Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know ten thousand techniques one time you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, fuck, dude. It's just nail down the basics, yep. and then we can build from there. And and the basics are are what works yep. always. So I'm a very you know a big champion at the beginner level, especially of just really um, pounding those basics. That being said, I'm glad you said bend the lines because, um, you know, I will bend the shit out of the lines. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to do that once they're at a place when they have uh, the good structure and, you know, have their uh, mace legs underneath them. Yeah, so you have, speak. like, real strength. Yeah. Like, and it's so important because it's so easy to get dogmatic and be like, and I'm, I'm a victim of this, like, 
this is good form. This is good posture. Like you do it this way. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is true. Like there is that length tension ratio and like, uh, you do want to, I mean, have things in proper alignment if Mm -hmm. you will. But, um, at the end of the day, like it's okay to, uh, to not always lift in those planes of motion because life, we don't operate in that plane of motion in life. You know what I mean? And one of the things that really opened my eyes to that was, um, gymnastic strength training, Mm -hmm. um, and like a Jeffrey curl, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you start with your, you know, your neck, your upper vertebrae and just slowly roll down one vertebrae at a time, reaching all the way down towards Mm -hmm. your toes with the bar. And then you come back up. And a lot of people, you know, they'll put some heavy load on that once you build that capacity. But, um, you know, some some people will tell you that's that's a good way to blow out your back. It's a good way to blow out your back if you're not practicing a you know a lot of spinal rolls before you do it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't if you don't have a, a protocol in place mm-hmm. to uh, support that type of training, then yeah, you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah, you but know it, what I mean. It's the same thing. It's um you know look at what the basic mechanic of the movement is, uh, nail that down, and then then apply complexity. Right. Apply load. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the body is fully capable if mm-hmm. you do train it. So do what, let's, let's start at the beginning of your journey. Um, yeah. what, uh, what's, what was your start into, um, just health and fitness and I mean, martial arts, like where mm-hmm. did it all begin for you, man? Um, my journey really began with, uh, you know, like a lot of guys my age in my, uh, in my area is being about eight years old, getting bullied at school, um, had a, a kind of an unfortunate home situation as well at the time. And, uh, my dad, uh, took me to a local Taekwondo school. Yeah. And so that's, that's where it all started. That's, you know, where my love of, uh, martial arts began. That's where I, you know, woke in my, uh, inner ninja, so uh, to speak. Yeah. Um, watch, watch the old movies like the Chuck Norris and oh, Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme movies. Oh, yeah. And I, like, I want to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a child of the eighties. So I had like the Chuck Norris action figure. I mean, uh, yeah. was, I mean, I'm pretty sure we had it like secondhand, but, <laughs> but still you had it, but I had it. You didn't have the nunchucks anymore, but uh, <laughs> still had like the karate chop motion or something. It's all Chuck Norris. Yeah. Needs. Yeah. And, um, you know, from there I, I got like my first degree black belt when I was, you know, 14 or 15 and, uh, Choi Kwang Do, it, mm-hmm. it evolved to in the time or, you know, I moved to a different school. And from there, a lot of that really went on hold as I kind of finished up high school, was into cars and girls, and then uh, went to college. And, um, you know, I was a runner through most of high school and college as well, but that was my primary means of fitness. And then yeah. uh, shortly after college, I wound up uh, blowing out a knee like a lot of runners do, had a, yeah. had a couple surgeries. And um, it was really in the rehab for my knee surgeries when I was coming off of being on crutches for about you know, four months that yeah. I really fell in love with being in a gym. Um, it was kind of weird that I had started getting so excited to go to physical therapy and, and I hated my physical therapy too. Uh, I mean, fun. you know, it wasn't, you know, they hook up electrodes to you and they're basically mm-hmm. just, you know, it's like shock therapy for like an hour. But then once, you know, I got out of that and they started put me, putting me on a leg press machine. And I always kind of laugh when I think about this because, you know, all the stereotypes that come with a leg press machine, you know, loaded up with 500 pounds mm-hmm. and you're the strongest man in the world. right? Yeah. Um, but I fell in love with starting to see that number go up and, from there, I started uh, training at a martial arts school doing, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was a quest martial arts. It was like a Americanized version of ninjutsu. Okay. Um, kind of watered down stuff, but uh, 
but it was part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and That's another step. I started training with a guy there that I still train with to this day. Actually, I'm a trainer at his gym. Um, What's that gym called? Uh, Functional Fitness. Okay. A2 Functional Fitness. Nice. Uh, A2 is a local speak for Ann Arbor. Okay. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Um, so that's the name of uh, my coaching business is A2 Steel Fit. So yeah. it's like Ann Arbor Steel Fit. I can dig that. But um, I wondered what that was. Yep. So I didn't stick around at that school very long in a training capacity. I think I was there for a couple of years, mostly you know teaching to little kids. I really, I really enjoyed that. That's really probably the start of my coaching career, as it were. Yeah. Um, but what happened there is just through being in the martial arts world, I found a local jiu-jitsu school. Mm-hmm game changer yeah dude that's a whole can of worms that you opened up dude and it's easy to get sucked into that one yep and from jujitsu it was to kettlebells Mm -hmm. so i'm off the leg press machine i'm now messing around with kettlebells yeah Um, and from there i got into a bit of powerlifting. enjoyed a couple years of that um pulled some really big numbers got a little fat Mm -hmm. um and then uh Saw this weird uh, stick with a ball at the end of it. I <laughs> uh, discovered the steel mace. I mean, I didn't discover it personally. I didn't like but unearth your, it. In but your journey, it yeah, was discovered. Yeah, in my journey on Instagram, yeah, um, I saw this guy that we're going to hang out with this weekend, Leo Savage, um, swinging one of these things around. Um, and it just reawoken. It was like the third re- reawakening of my inner ninja. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw that. And it was one of the first times I saw something that I knew I had to learn how to do. Yeah. Dude, when he moves, um, it's just so beautiful. Uh, whenever I would, I would, I would, I would see it and I'm just like, I I can comprehend what he's doing, but for some reason I wasn't able to recreate it. So it was really nice to be in that, that program and just have it really simply broken down and say, Oh, okay. Now it all makes sense. Right. Um, but, uh, as I've, train with the steel mace i i got this feeling of like there's this beautiful dance inside of me that's mm-hmm. just waiting to be expressed and um as i've been training with the mace and i've had pretty regular daily you know mace practice i don't i don't post as often as i probably could or should to to help the community out with that but um it's just it's just so fun to uh to learn these movement patterns and and to have that symmetry because you know maybe i'm better with my right than my left Mm -hmm. and just just to build that journey and then to be able to uh express yourself even more through this tool right it's so cool um shit man so what was i gonna say to you um so oh coaching so you started coaching little kids. Yep. Um, that was in karate or taekwondo. That was in uh, the martial art was called toshindo. Toshindo, remember, which is the uh, kind of derivative of like Japanese uh, ninjutsu, like the traditional art of the ninja. They would say. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've I've noticed when you coach kids, like that is man. I feel like almost everybody should have to coach kids for just a little bit because Dude, for sure it's so like you really have to be able to simply verbalize things. Yeah. Um, has that helped you with your mace coaching? Yeah, you know, it, sometimes I don't think it's that different. It, it's not. The, the same cues that work for, for children work for adults. Yeah. I mean, you have to be more specific with children. I mean, if you mm-hmm. tell a, a child, no, okay, now get lower, you know, squat, it doesn't... doesn't register. No, they might just fall over. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, what, uh, what, what kind of uh, challenges have you faced kind of um, entering into this journey with the mace? Well, you know, it's not big in my area. 
Yeah. There's not a lot of mace swinging going on around uh, southeastern Michigan. I'm based out of uh, Ann Arbor, Ypsilantia, which is not too far from Detroit, probably about a 25, 30-minute drive. Um, but there's just not a ton of awareness to it. Right. Um, I know a few guys, you know, within about a couple-hour radius of me, but, you know, a little too far to show up for a class. So, yeah, you're like the only guy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so awareness, I think, is the biggest thing. But, um, yeah. you know, it's one of those things I'm sure you've experienced. Anytime you put a mace in someone's hands, I mean, you give them a, a little bit of instruction on how to handle it. And, yeah. you know, it's minds being blown and light bulbs going off, eyes getting wide. Um, people get hooked to it really fast. So mm-hmm. re- retention isn't super difficult. No, it's such a fun tool. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just generating the awareness because it's... Um, you know, kind of, it's still, it's still a newer thing. I mean, the steel mace has been around for a really, really long time. And I, you know, Serena knows a lot about that. I'm sure you guys can dive into the, yeah. the history there, but um, as far as it being a training implement in the form that it is now, it's a pretty new thing. Oh yeah, man. And uh, being in the Midwest, not a lot of people know about it. We mm-hmm. tend to uh, get things last, you yeah. know, things kind of start on the coast and then migrate into the center, yep. you know, the flyover States, if you will. And, uh, dude, it's, it's, it's a really exciting opportunity, but I wonder how long it's going to take to, to maybe catch on or to build the community, um, within the region. Yeah. I think we're starting to see it bloom a bit. I mean, uh, I've got a couple of my students are starting to get out there a little bit more. Um, I'll give a shout out to Matty P who is, you know, just, he's posting a lot and he's someone I'd love to use him as an example when I talk about advanced basics. Yeah. What do you mean by um, that? Well, Matty P will, he'll flow free flow improv and and no amount of me telling him to work on the basics is going to make him stop and yeah it shouldn't that's not the goal there mm-hmm. but if you look at his flows from a year ago two years ago to where he's at now he's so much more crisp so much more clean and he pick the, picks things up uh, a lot faster he mm-hmm. picks up the advanced movements a lot faster because he knows where to look for landmarks yeah that's so important um when when you so when you start working with somebody where do you like to start them at um, I like to give them a couple of movements, um, you know, first getting the mace in their hands, telling them how to engage with it and keeping yeah. good posture is always one of the first things that you do. Yeah. But ultimately people come in and they want to move with it. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite intro movements is the, is the switch squat. Okay. Uh, a lot of people I know like to start with the lap squat, which is basically the same thing, but mm-hmm. without the switch, I'll actually introduce people to the switch first and then add the squat. Yeah. Um, I think that that just getting that immediate switching sides plus movement, if I only have a short period of time with somebody, yeah. is going to grab them a little bit faster. Yeah, I think um, I really enjoyed taking people through all the landmarks. Mm-hmm. It's like landmark one, yep. two, three, rotated one, two, three, right? And we have four. And um, uh, cross body top, cross body bottom, teaching those positions, and then um, and then just working and i'll call it out and then they just go to it right yep. and then you can immediately teach that into a prayer into a switch mm-hmm. and then we just go through these static positions learning how to do it and then you just smooth it out and now, yep. you, now you got to switch and then that is really the basis for building flow is being able to do a switch yeah yeah i don't know i, I feel like that's a pretty uh unique or not unique but it feels like a pretty solid process on on teaching people mm-hmm. but i mean is that is that kind of been your experience as well or yeah absolutely i mean and and especially with beginners you want their flows to um you know not not everything's going to be 100 percent symmetrical so i'm not necessarily buying into that but i would say that 
you, you want things to be generally repeated on both sides. Right. Um, especially at the beginner level. So in order to do that, they need to get the mace to the other side. Yeah. They got to have at least one switch in their arsenal right. to do that. Right. Yeah, man. And uh, I like the idea that it doesn't have to be uh, symmetrical. Yeah. I have this I have this tendency to try to keep things even. Yeah. And it's okay not to be. Absolutely. And especially as you build uh, flows with uh, more movements in them. Yeah. And, and you get into a 10-minute groove with it. Yeah. You're going to skip a movement. You're going to sure. forget something. You'll, you'll start to enter a flow state. You'll kind of lose your sense of time and space a little bit and you might you might miss something yeah and do you, are you going to beat yourself up about skipping a rep on one side no nah. no 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 i love the flow state mm -hmm. i just fucking love it when you get in that zone and like time doesn't exist and just it's almost like your outer body like you're out of your own body yeah and this everything is just working yep and there's no thought and then like afterwards you just feel so good it's like holy shit yeah one of the closest things I can uh, liken it to is, and I have very little experience with it, but hot yoga. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is I, I went through like a two and a half hour hot yoga workshop. And, you know, after hour two, I was certainly tired. I was certainly fatigued. Yeah. But I could get, I was able to keep going. No problem. In fact, at the two and a half hour mark, when we stopped, I felt like I could keep going yeah that i mean second wind. yeah yeah well it, it, it never really even felt like the first one kind of died down it oh. just you just kind of got to a place where you know time didn't really mean anything i, I kind of wasn't thinking in terms of, of uh time relative to fatigue yeah you're just kind of going through something and you yeah it was really close to a flow state if, yeah. it's, if it wasn't the same thing it was really really close no it probably was it's very interesting i mean the uh, the I learned early on in actually high school wrestling that the um, the body is far more capable of doing um, what the mind maybe won't believe it can. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I learned that on like a Sunday practice it was one of the hardest practices. We had just had a tournament. We came in normally. It's usually like a pretty light, uh, like a light lift and maybe a light run. But this day, our coach was not too happy. We had a very hard lift, very hard run, and then we proceeded to live wrestle for an hour. And he broke all of us. We're all crying, yeah. and we're super hard. And I can remember just thinking, like, there's no way I can do this. Yeah. But uh, afterwards, you know, he got us all ramped up, and then we were, kindly com we were finally coming down. And uh, he took us through a um, uh, a visualization exercise and had us wrestle, like, a perfect six-minute match and almost kind of a little bit of, like, a meditative uh, practice there. And I just felt so energized and so good. And as in that moment, I realized, I'm like, man, the body is capable of so many things if the mind will allow it to do it. Right. You just have to get out of your own way. And uh, it sounds like you tapped into something like that in yeah. that hot yoga. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, you know, something I tap into fairly regularly with the steel mace as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're we've been, we've been talking today and stuff, and... Um, you're a, a pretty philosophical type of guy and you seem like to, uh, I mean, uh, like you, you take lessons where they are. Like what, what's been kind of some of like your inspirations as far as like any books you like to read or any mentors that you've had that, um, really, you know, left a mark on you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the very recently, um, 
Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. David Goggins. Yeah, uh, dude, can't hurt me. He's um, a bad man. Uh, I didn't read the book. I listened to it. Yeah, it, it, it was the best audio book I've ever listened to. Um, I, I've, I didn't really know a lot about David Goggins before that. I'd heard his name thrown around, and I, I'd you know seen him on a, a podcast here or there, but I wasn't really a follower or anything like that. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that I am now, but um, there's something about that book that it, it was just inspiring. Yeah. Like, I mean, it lit a fire under my ass within two minutes of, uh, of firing it up. I yeah. Mean, I would be on my little elliptical in my basement and then two minutes in. And I mean, I'm pushing the hardest 15 minutes on an elliptical I ever have in my life. Yeah. Because I'm listening to this guy talk about running 100 miles. He's an intense dude, man. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And for the folks listening, I mean, David Goggins is, you know, ex-special operations. He was a Navy SEAL, Green Beret, I think a paratrooper as well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, now he, I mean, he runs ultra marathons and I think he's actually going to be like a fire jumper where, you know, like he jump out of planes and put out fires and shit. He's yeah. just always trying to do hard shit, but he's always talking about callousing the mind. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I actually started running without music because of him and, yeah. I, and I haven't went back. Yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're on, I know you're a runner, dude. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been, I've been following you on Instagram and shit and you've been going on some pretty long runs. I did. I know uh, on New Year's Eve, I ran my first half marathon, um, just kind of on a whim i just woke up that morning with this little thought in my head that uh i uh i'm gonna go run 13.2 miles today or 13.1 miles i think i did 13.2 because i wasn't wasn't sure (laughs) (laughs) um and it wasn't an official race but it was a it was an awful snowy rainy sleety day in michigan and i went to a, a local park and um you know before i went out I even remember saying to my wife, I'm going to go out and I think I'm going to do a 10K today, but I might do a little bit more. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But even as I was saying that, I knew I wanted to do a half. I just was kind of afraid to say it. Oh, a little commitment issue. Yeah, there. yeah. There was okay. definitely a commitment issue there. There was also a little bit of fear like of if I said it, what happens if I can't do it? Then you feel like a failure. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, as soon as I started running, I started thinking about, David Goggins and and I started thinking about that voice in my head that was making me not say it out loud yeah and so I think I was in about mile two and I was like I'm gonna do at least 11 more miles I had to say it out loud oh, and yeah. as soon as I said it out loud I was like I knew I was in for it yeah seven miles in I really was reconsidering dude <laughs> um yeah I mean it, I, I have been out of super long distance running shape for uh, many years. I mean, I think I'm in pretty good condition and I think it's a really good testament to my training that I could go out there and put myself through it. I actually felt great. Yeah. Um, and I felt great the, in the days afterwards, a little bit sore, um, but I could get through it. It was mostly the mental game. Yeah. Um, it really was tough when, uh, you know, one of my toes started going a little bit numb. Um, <laughs> I did a really good job of keeping my feet dry, given the conditions, but at about mile eight, I I hit a pothole and a oh, puddle, wow. and mm. I mean my foot was soaked through and cold, and uh, you know there were many times over that uh, I thought about stopping. Um, yeah. You know the way the park was set up is I was kind of looping around, and very, there were many opportunities to just go back to my car. Yeah. Um. So definitely the the mental game was the toughest part, and. I would say inspiration from someone like David Goggins was part of what got me through that. Yeah. And also got me to commit to doing it. Yeah. Do you, um, so in those moments of, uh, of like where it's very trying, do you, uh, 
do you like repeat any sort of mantra to yourself or how do you like to push through that moment? Yeah. Um, these days I, I have a, a lot of mantras that I refer to and, you know, they might not be what you think when I, you know, I would say in the past when I was in one of those moments, I might get a little bit of the, uh, come on, you little bitch, you know, just, just push through it. You pussy, you can oh, do yeah, this, dude. Uh, you know, and, um, but these days, you know, the mantras that I say to myself when I'm in those, they're a little bit more like freeing. In fact, one of my mantras is I am free. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is I am free from fear. I am free from fear of failure. I'm just giving myself permission to be free of a fear of failure or fear of success. Yeah, you're fear. removing limitations. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Yeah. Um, I used to run a lot for... Uh, I'd be training for fighting and I'd always tell myself over and over, fresh legs, fresh lungs, Yeah. fresh legs, fresh lungs. Yep. I would just keep repeating that. I'm like, I don't want to get tired in the fifth round, fresh legs, fresh lungs. Just mm -hmm. keep fucking going. Yep. Try to go just a nice slow fucking just jog and just keep my heart rate down and just go really long. Yep. Yeah. And just push through that suck. Yep. Embrace it. And I, and I tell myself too, like, um, I can do this all day. Yeah. Like I might be at what I think is my peak pace and, you know, one part of your brain is telling you, like, you might want to ease off the gas a little bit, Yeah. but I'll just say to myself, I can do this all day. Yeah. I even, uh, I did a little like local park run, um, that wasn't a race. It's a timed 5k. Okay. Uh, they do it every Saturday morning, uh, a couple miles from my house and you can just go run a 5k in a not race environment and get a time. Of course. I got fired up that morning, so I <laughs> ran it like a race. Yeah. And, I mean, I would, every time I passed someone, I was thinking, you know, I'm stealing their soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snatch his soul. Yep. Um, but th there was one part I actually was running. I was lapping a group of people that were more just doing it for the, uh, you know, the social hour aspect and, you know, probably maybe in this case the more healthy aspect. But yeah. uh, as I passed them. I was just, I was in this mode to myself and I blurted out, out loud, I could do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying it to myself to try to encourage me, but to them, it looked like this crazy person yeah, going they, they by just, them. Just... That's fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. Dick. It's for charity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so funny, dude. Um, are you familiar with Jocko? Jocko Willink? Uh, I've, I've heard the name. I'm not super familiar. Okay. He's just. Um, He's a Navy SEAL, and um, he's been on Rogan a few times. Okay. And he um, he's just kind of all about that, you know, just um, just do the work and just just get it done. And just you know, discipline equals freedom. Yep. Um, you know, just having that structure ultimately will free you from you know the day to day grind or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And um, I like the saying that he has. Um, he'll just say good, and there's there's a great video of it where it's just like uh, he's explaining. Uh, like it doesn't matter what happens, even like the worst situations. So be like, good. Uh, it's like, uh, like didn't get the job. Good. More time to get better. Mm. Um, mission got canceled. Good. More time to get, uh, your gear ready or, right. or just like, just no matter what the situation, good or bad. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I just, I, I don't know. I can really appreciate just that, that stoic, just, uh, let's just get shit done. Yep. Yep. And it, as a fighter, I mean, there's lots of opportunities for that sort of good mentality. Like imagine a situation, I don't know, did you ever encourage or, uh, encounter like an appoint, an opponent failing to make weight? Yeah. Yeah. So I always just so take you, some of their money. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you go through the, your weight cut, you put in all, all the effort and they may have slipped up. Maybe they didn't try hard. Yeah. Uh, maybe they had a shitty cut. Um, 
and I know I know my friends who are fighters. That's incredibly discouraging for them. Sometimes they get a fight canceled. Um, yeah. Uh, or you know maybe they don't get as much of the purse from their opponent as they should. But that's a great opportunity for that kind of moment to be like good. Good. You either got practice getting a good weight cut, or you got more money. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There's usually both, and I usually just looked at it as like that just shows how unprepared they are. Yeah. So like they're gonna feel like shit tomorrow because they probably most oftentimes they tried really hard and then they were just too weak to actually get it done. Right. So they're probably really fucked tomorrow and they're gonna be gassed and I'm just gonna trash their ass because of it. Yep. So I usually think of it that too. One time I had and this was an amateur fight. I weighed in, showed up. The guy I was supposed to fight weighed in, talking shit. Didn't even come to the fight the next day. What the fuck is wow. this, dude? You're talking shit like you're going to fight me and then you don't even show up when wow. you can? Yeah, so punk-ass people. <laughs> <laughs> I did that to somebody once when I was a kid, though. Well, how, uh, how old? You um, say kid. I think I was... Kid is relative. Uh, 35. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, <laughs> I, no, I was probably like eight. Maybe nine. Um, then a little bit of a bully situation at school, and I don't think I. That's different. Yeah, and we had it set up. We were gonna meet at the park to throw down, and oh, yeah, I and, I, and I went to the park, but I left. Uh, <laughs> fighting's not fun. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not even like the type of fighting I did wasn't even natural. Yeah. You're gonna sign on this dotted line, and then two or three months, I'm gonna fight this person, and everything's gonna be arranged, and mm -hmm. uh, it's not natural. It's very nerve wracking. No, no, it's, it's, I've never uh, been in a professional fight and I've been in a few, a few uh, amateur, you know, street fights and, yeah. and nothing about it is fun. No. E even if you win, you know, you, even as a winner, you're not really a winner because what did you do? You beat the crap out of somebody on the street. You probably look like an asshole to their friends or, yeah. um, you know, yeah, there's never really a winner there. No, there's, dude, I had this situation, um, I think I was, com was coming back from Austin from the Steel Mace Workshop, and it was, uh, it was probably like 11.30. It's me and my brothers. We got into St. Louis, and we caught an Uber. And, dude, the moment the Uber guy even got us, like, I just knew it wasn't going to be a good ride. Like, oh, he's no. bad energy. Yeah. Didn't even, like, get out or fucking, like, it, like um, and greet us or pop his trunk or fucking anything. And, like, I'm trying to tell this guy, like, hey, dude, you're going the wrong way. Tell him three times. And then he, like, talked to me like I was a child. And like snapped on me, so I just stopped because in that moment, like I'm tired. I want to smack the shit out of this yeah. guy, and we're gonna have a fucking altercation. We finally get to our to my place, and um, he had went the fucking long way to get there. And he tried to make this smart ass comment, like maybe he just thought that we were from out of town and he could just you know fucking right. play us. And I was like, he said, "There's more than one way to get to St. Louis." I go, "Yeah, but they don't all take twice as fucking long." And then like, I, and I shouldn't have maybe said that, but. I um, I got out, and I closed the door, and he says I slammed it. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't think I fucking did. Right. But he gets out, and he proceeds to try to fucking fight me at midnight in front of my house with me and my two brothers. And I'm just like, dude, hmm. you do not want these fucking problems, dude. Like, yeah. he doesn't know who the fuck I am. And right. this, this dude's probably, I would guess he's in his 50s. Like not a young dude, but then but then he implied that maybe he had like a weapon on him or something. Which mm. in either case, like my brother's like in like ex military and he's like standing right next to him. There's no way he would have been able to pull it off. Right. But it just it just um it just made me think like I can't believe like well one I had a moment I had to sit there and decide like this isn't even worth it like. Right. 
afterwards, like I, your ego feels a little bruised, and it's, it's like, man, fuck that guy. I should have did something there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why? But but in the moment, I'm like, this isn't even worth it. Like, what are what what could possibly be good from this situation? Yeah. And in the long run, I'm just much happier that I was able just to defuse the situation and walk away. Yep. But I was just so taken back by this guy, like trying to fucking fight me in like at midnight. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the best energy either. And it was just a bad vibe yep. all the way around. Yep. And I'll take some part in that, but you don't know who the fuck you're, t- you're like, you're stepping up to dude. Yeah. Like he literally stepped up to a trained fucking fighter. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I know I don't like look super tough or anything like that. Like that's not my aura. So it's like, dude, it just, it just blew me away in that moment. But yeah. you said that made me think of like, you have a choice yep. and uh, you can totally make the right one if you choose to. It kind of makes you wonder too, where, um, you know, where that guy's head was at. Like what, what's his end game? You know, what, what, what does someone in that situation, let's pretend he was packing. He had a weapon on yeah. him. Um, you know, is he looking for an opportunity to use it? Yeah, maybe is he and, you know is he trying to goad you into actually making an attack like you just wonder what the, what the end game is when the you know the cat goes after the alligator sort of thing yeah yeah and you don't know and then also i try to keep in perspective like dude, maybe he has had a shitty day too yeah. you know it's late you know obviously i had the long travel day i'm tired and i'm i'm pissed because i tried to give this guy clear directions and, right. and he was just super it was it was I almost have to credit, and, and I shouldn't respond the way I feel like I did. I had a choice to respond the way I did, but he gave us bad energy from the get-go. I didn't, yep. I didn't like that at all. He was just very disrespectful. And then I tried to tell him, like, you're going the wrong way a couple times, and they, like, bit my head off like I'm a fucking yeah. kid. Like, I said this would be fine. Like, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, dude, but I'm a right. grown-ass man. You don't talk to me that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people think that's okay. Well, I mean, it's like you said, there was bad energy from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and let's look at another situation like the one we've been in today, for instance. I think both of us are a little travel-weary. I've been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. I intentionally didn't sleep well because I wanted to sleep on a plane that didn't really work out that yeah, way. You so know? Um, you know, I know you're pretty tired today, but nonetheless, I mean, we we met with great energy. Yeah. Um, we probably went the wrong way about 15 times today. Yeah. But every single time it was like, well, all right, cool. Cool, dude. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Exactly, <laughs> man. It's just been an adventure. Like what's yeah. next, dude? Like yeah. what's around this corner? Let's explore. Let's see it. Like I don't get to look at this back at home. Yeah. It's so easy to take for granted. And it's a fucking jungle out there, dude. It, it is. But you know, we were talking about the, and you educated me a little bit on the law of attraction and, uh, you know, good energy is met with good energy. And yeah. everywhere we've gone today, every little turn we've taken has been, you know, another little positive bit of energy. If we wound up in the car a little bit longer, well, we were gabbing the whole time. And yeah. it was good conversations. So. Yeah, dude, it's been all positive, 100%. Um, so I think I maybe skipped over it. I want to go back a little bit. So when you started training the mace, I know mm, you said yeah. you, uh, you first discovered it, um, I, I imagine, through, like, Instagram. Yeah, or... actually... Um, you know, that was where I really got really, really into it. I, I did discover it a little bit earlier when my jujitsu instructor made a wholesale account with on it. Okay. I uh, was doing a, This is your first jujitsu school? Or this the 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu The 10th Planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Which I think is actually my third or fourth. We'll call it the, the fourth, <laughs> uh, just in case. The fourth is the 10th planet okay um you're, you're jim hopper yeah <laughs> and what they've got a word for that in jujitsu what is it 
I don't remember, but it's a it's a Portuguese word. I think it means like traitor because they're oh. really upset when uh, people go to different gyms. But uh, yeah, it's like a gang mentality. Yeah, yeah, but there was you know some other reasons for my moving around that didn't involve me being a traitor. None. Yeah, I'm just teasing you, bro. I, <laughs> <laughs> I digress in defensive ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I just kind of on the lark said. Why don't you grab me a twenty pound mace? You know, I swing. I you know, I can. I'm thinking I can snatch a sixty pound kettlebell, twenty, 20 pound mace. Shit. You know, whatever. It's like <laughs> basically, I wanted to get one of the heaviest ones they had, which I think at the time they were up to twenty five. Um, but I thought, well, they probably only go up to twenty five for a reason, so I'll get a twenty. Yeah. Um, guys, anyone listening, that's a big mistake. <sighs> that's your ego talking. That's all ego. Buy a ten. Ten. Start for with sure. a ten pound mace. Everyone start with a 10-pound mace. I don't care if you are deadlifting in the 600s, bench pressing in the threes, squatting in the fours. Start with a 10-pound mace. It's a different type of load. Yep. So anyway, on the on this order, I just got a 20-pound mace and got it. And, and needless to say, didn't really know what to do with it. Everything yeah. that I did with it was, by my current standards, horrible mechanically <laughs> speaking. Um <laughs> And uh, didn't really do a lot with it because I didn't know what to do. I, it was too heavy. Yeah. Um, eventually, I uh, saw, I think it was probably a couple months after that, that I saw Leo. And then I realized, that's not a 20-pound Macy swinging around like that. You know, he does some really impressive stuff with the quad mace. And he can work heavy. But all the everything I was seeing that was really grabbing me was all with a 10-pound mace. Yeah. So I got one of those. And then that then that really opened the world up. Okay. So then as far as like beginning your, your practice, was it just kind of mimicking what you saw online? Did you mm -hmm. go to YouTube? And, yeah. 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 Leo had a really good library on YouTube. I mean, he took it down so he could start selling it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which as, is smart. That's as, what as I would do too. I, I mean, you built enough uh, value and then yep. now you start charging for it. Yeah. And when I first started, if the if there was a, the resources to pay someone online, I would have. Yeah. I was looking everywhere for it. Um, you know, on it had a few videos and, and they were helpful. Um, but they were not really detailed in their instruction. It was more just here, watch this movement. Yeah. Um, and then Leo was one of the first that I knew of that actually put up, you know, intentionally educated edu educational material online through a Patreon account. Um, and I joined up pretty early on when he, he first launched his original Mace movement. Yeah. And that's when I really started making sense of it. Yeah. And then, um, then in April of 2017, I went to the Onnit Academy, and that's when I got my Steel Mace uh, Specialist certification. Nice, nice. Yeah, and and, and Leo's videos have just gotten um, more and more detailed and, mm -hmm. and gotten better. So I mean, he's replaced all those old ones with with better instructional videos. Yep. So was this 2016 that you started? worth the mace or was it the very beginning of 2017 yeah. and then you quickly got into a cert class no, i had a mace for almost a year before i went to the certification so i think i got it in uh probably around april of 2016 oh so you're coming up on a three-year anniversary on, yeah. on your practice dude. yeah man oh, i love it yeah. that's amazing yeah i started in april of last year so i'm coming up on a year so you're two years my senior in this game that must be why i got all the gray hair and the beard oh that's why you're the badass <laughs> that's why you're the mace builder 
or the flow builder. The flow builder. That's Damn right. it, dude! My words just aren't working right now. <laughs> Some of it could be because where we are. Yeah, it's it's where we are. Um, you know, in many planes. You know, it's where we are geographically. It's where we're at. Uh, you know, um, energetically and spiritually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. That is okay. Yeah, man. I um kind of a similar journey. Just um, I just discovered it through on it. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, being on social and, and kind of seeing the tool, I knew the tool, and then I discovered Isik, and then yep. um, and then I discovered Leo, and then I was just like, I really love this flow thing. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, uh, it's just such a, a fun way to move. Yep. And um, I was speaking uh, with a buddy yesterday, Kyle, and um, essentially, and it just depends on what tool you put in your hand, but I mean... Whatever move, whatever title you want to put on the movement, at the end of the day, it's all just movement a Absolutely. lot of the times. And um, for me, my first movement language was wrestling. Yeah. So I often relate things to that. It's like, all right, well, that's just a sit out and like that's a hip heist and that's a turn in. And like I just fucking I just equate everything back to that. Like, I don't care what the fuck you call it. I'll just right back. That That's my base. Right. right. <laughs> so it's just so interesting how you can. I mean, it's just all movement at the end of the day. Yeah, and now you're going to start to see um, a lot of level changes, too. Yeah, I see a lot of level changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I mean. People are hitting the ground with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you wrestle at all? Uh, no, I never. I mean, never officially. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a town where, uh, you know, if you were a boy, you, you wrestled, whether it was because you wanted to or. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what, what everybody did. Yeah. So, did you play hockey or anything growing up? No, no. no. I mean, uh, my my violent sports stopped at uh, the taekwondo. Okay. Um, and I then I was primarily a runner. Runner. Because I was a I was a pretty small guy, and like I said, you know, all the, you know, some of the bullying I dealt with, it was just good to be able to run away. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, dude. So you're probably you're yeah you're a little guy growing up then, huh? A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. usually you typically see. Um, you just usually develop like a certain type of frame depending on what sport that you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, running usually obviously um, lends itself to like a leaner frame. And yeah, yeah. Did you have you noticed like a size difference that you've like you've put on? I mean, I immediately notice a strength difference. But yeah. have you also noticed like a size difference since you've been training with some of these tools? Or oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm a um probably on like my fourth body type right now okay <laughs> um you know when i was morphine a, yeah when when i was uh, a runner through high school and college i probably weighed about 150 to 160 okay um when i was uh getting into power lifting and and such i i got up to like 210 yeah um, i'm sitting at about 175 now okay. so i mean uh yeah i mean i i I mentioned earlier I got a little fat. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I think I definitely delved into uh, dirty games. It's easy to do, man, yeah. but uh, it, 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 it fucking it gets addictive. Like, yep. Yeah, fucking the numbers are going up and I'm looking oh, big. Yeah. And, but, yep. like, you don't necessarily feel your best. No, no. You it's, don't it, move in your fact, best. you spend most of your time hurting. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so true. And maybe that's because I wasn't training smart. Um, you know, the guy I was working with did a great, great job, but, you know, most of the work I did was on my own, and yeah. I probably wasn't training the smartest to, to be a power lifter, but I certainly had a great time, and I was getting, at least what I felt were for my frame, were um, pretty good numbers, so. Yeah. Do what was your diet like during that time? What were you eating? Just everything? Or? Oh, yeah. Pizza, whiskey, you know, yeah. whatever you'd, you'd hand me. I, ice cream. Um, I was working for a fancy food store, which was also a Jewish deli. So it was like, you know, a couple of Rubens a week. Yeah, sandwiches um, out the ass, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Bread, yeah. bread, bread, bread. Yep. And that's just so bad for the body. Just like it causes a lot of inflammation. And everybody's different. Dude. Some people handle yep. it better than others, but. 
it's definitely a recipe uh, for disaster in the long run I've found. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when I, once I started working with a mace, I mean, I basically switched from, you know, trying to pull over 500 to, um, I'm going to work out with 10 pounds yeah. and yeah, my body has definitely changed. Now I also have some other things in my training now that contribute to that. Now, so I have a much, much better diet, but, yeah. uh, but you know, I am running more, I'm doing more yoga. Um, I'd still do a lot of kettlebell work and I'm doing a lot of 10 pound steel mace stuff. Yeah. Dude, so. one of the biggest, um, I guess surprises and just benefits that I've really noticed. Um, so I tore my rotator cuff and or mm. my, my labrum and rotator cuff. I had surgery on that at uh, the beginning of 2016. And since then, um, I've just been hot and heavy on the rehab because I wanted to get back to fighting as fast as possible and I wanted to be better than before. So I implemented like a daily hanging protocol. So I just dead hang from a pull-up bar, yeah. do a pull-up grip, and then also like a, a chin-up grip. And I've been doing that for you know two and a half years now going on three years since i've been able to actually start hanging and it's just really helped my shoulders a, a ton but then also implementing uh this mace and also mm -hmm. steel clubs as well but specifically the mace yep. it's really opened up my entire shoulder girdle mm -hmm. right you know trying to keep that rib that rib cage down and the core engaged and then those elbows up and mm -hmm. then like that weight just really helps and just relaxing it's just opened up all of yeah. that dude it feels yep. so good it's been a huge benefit. Yeah, and you're learning to, um, you know, let go for certain movements. If you know, if we're talking about a 360, yeah. which is I think what you were alluding to, and you're saying like your elbow is high. Yeah. You know, during that moment of, uh, you know, when the mace is behind you, you're trying to get your wrist grip as low as possible behind your neck. You can't, people can't see me right now, but I'm probably looking like a fool doing this uh, with no mace in my hand. It's um, <laughs> Nobody knows but me. But you know, there's a moment there where you're letting the the mace and gravity improve and expand your mobility yeah and then you're firing to bring it back over right so you're kind of working out of this moment in time where you know you're not completely relaxed you should still have a lot of tension in your body but you're you're letting the mace do something for you and then you're exploding back into position yes yeah you're definitely allowing the tool to uh to do what it does Lack, I don't know, for lack of a better description, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, what else do you like to implement for your uh, your recovery protocol? Is there any CBD, cryotherapy, uh, yeah. um, sauna, like anything like that? You know, CBDs, uh, definitely. That's uh, probably a daily for me now, an absolute game changer. Um, I, I like to do it uh, orally, and there's a, a, like a, a coconut oil-based balm. Yeah, that I uh, that I apply topically as well. That's made in Ann Arbor. It's called Dory Balm. I'll okay. go ahead and give a little plug for that. Um, I'm not sponsored or anything, but uh, Dory, reach out to me. I'd love to be sponsored. Uh, reach out to uh, my guy. Well, I, dude, I mean, I mean, I got a sponsor, uh, Jumbo Superfoods, who make oh, the yeah. fucking bomb. Yeah. and it is the bomb. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta try that <laughs> stuff. I, I had uh, some of the Jumbo's uh, ghee butter, and and that was awesome. Well, dude, let me fucking let you try some right now. Oh, dude, shit. Dude, I use it. I travel with it. Dude, it is my fucking favorite shit. And I love Jumbo because, dude, it's all premium ingredients. It's all fucking fantastic. This is the 200 milligram with menthol. Yep. And if you look on the ingredients, dude, it's like 
it's all organic. Um, it's all premium. It's very few ingredients. It's yep. like beeswax, and I think there's some maybe ghee in there, and um, I think oh, yeah. coconut oil, yep. and then some essential oils, and uh, just CBD. They send everything to a third party um, lab, and not to hate on on your Michigan one, but oh no, no, um, I dude, I fucking love these guys, and um, I first discovered them last year at Paleo FX. Like I heard about them on Joe Rogan, but I actually got to use this bomb. After a jiu-jitsu tournament, did jiu-jitsu, and, and you may know, dude, like, sometimes your hands are just fucking trash afterwards. Oh, dude, especially if you're rolling in a gi. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I did. I couldn't bend my fingers the next day. Yeah. Applied that, could immediately bend my fingers. I'm like, I'm fucking sold, bro. Yeah. So I put this on my shoulders and my muscles before bed. Yeah, use as much as you want, man. I fucking love it. For the folks listening, I probably, maybe I won't <laughs> plug it in the beginning because I'm doing it now, but I don't know, fuck it, while we're talking about it, it's relevant. Um... Use the code outside. Go to jombocbd.com, code outside, save 20% off your entire order, folks. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. I f- Dude, these guys are the fucking bee's knees, man. I'll, I'll get on that. And, uh, Dory, I'm sorry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy some of the, um, the Jambo stuff. But I, I still, I'll still support my Michigan business. You know, I'm always a you know a buy local whenever pr- possible kind of guy. But I dig it, dude. You know, if you can uh, buy local, I, I'm, I'm all for it, too. Um, yeah, we were talking about that earlier with the local breweries. You're oh, yeah. Yeah, special yep. heart for your – I mean, we don't really drink too much these days. You yep. know we're talking about that. Yep. But uh, you uh, have a very special heart or a special place in your heart for Michigan beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two hearts, actually. It's uh, the best beer in the world. It's called Bell's Two-Hearted uh, IPA. Yeah. I haven't had one in probably – close to three months but I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's still the best in the world i'm sure it is that is <laughs> it's just as good as you remember i'm positive yeah probably better <laughs> yeah there's just something i like it just and it sometimes it just depends on the mood dude sometimes especially like during the summertime get a nice crisp clean beer and it's mm-hmm. almost just like drinking water dude yep. it's just so refreshing it's like yeah <sighs> yep something about it man i just enjoy it just beer and barbecue oh yeah no it's a, it's a beautiful combination and uh you know, again, as a, as a Midwesterner, you you know how it is. Summertime hits and it's you know gets up to fifty degrees and it's like <laughs> tank tops and barbecue. Baby. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> That's that that is the beauty of uh, of dealing with the suck of the winter. Like you you become a little bit of a harder person in the yeah. sense that like you can deal with it. Yep. Um, but then when it gets just a little bit nice, like here today, like it actually warmed up a little bit. But I mean, probably this morning it was uh, in the fifties, maybe, yep. and uh, maybe for around here it's a little chilly. But to us, we're like perfect. I know. I saw <laughs> I saw a couple guys walking around in like parkas and like yeah. and, like goose feather coats. I'm like, Man. what are you guys <laughs> doing? Like, this is nice weather. Yep. Like, what I don't I don't understand it, but to us, yeah, dude, this is just like this is just money, dude. Like, it's no problem at all. But it's all relative. Yep, it is all relative, my friend. Um, is that my phone ringing? Is that your phone ringing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. We're oh, in a, we're in a hostel right now. It could be one of the neighbors. Oh, that's my phone, dude. Uh, I I should have known better. I should have put this shit on uh, Do Not Disturb, and that's what I get. So that's okay. I should have done it too. I don't know if anyone could hear like the random R two D two beeps going off a little while ago. Were they uh, going off? Yeah, it's like that's my. Uh, I've got a couple uh, different uh, sounds. So like one of my best friends gets a certain R two D two tone, and uh-huh. then my wife gets another. And that's so funny. My mom has. Um, I was going to make that up. She has special ringtones for, like, me and my brothers. And uh, 
for some reason I, I, I was gonna say she had one a star wars for my brother but it's not it's just like an emergency siren like he calls <laughs> he calls this like er, 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 er. he's like he's the middle child is my my younger brother um i had two little brothers i grew up with and uh he was just always the accident prone one okay getting in trouble yeah. and just yeah. sh- bad shit seems to happen to him <laughs> so it's probably um a, a it's probably a, a very good tone for him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is so funny. So I got a little bit of a tangent there on CBD. So, okay, yeah, so CBD, yeah. um, how, how do you like to take that? You usually do it before bed. I know you mentioned the cream. Um, do you do it in the morning or? Yeah, I usually do it. Um, like I, I keep a, a little uh, jar of the oil stuff down in uh, my little home gym. So it, it's kind of like I walk in, I walk yeah. out. So yeah. it's just kind of like bookends a workout at home. Um and then it just kind of depends the rest of the time. Usually it's, you know, around before bed, sometimes yeah. in the morning. It's just kind of like whenever I look at it, to yeah. be honest. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not on a regimen. It's just frequent enough. Yeah, I can dig it. Um, cold therapy? You do cold therapy? I mean, you know, I've never tried it. I'd okay. love to try it, but I never have. I mean, you're right now is the perfect time. Just do it naturally. Just go outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or well, cold, you, cold showers. You ever well, finish on a cold shower? Yeah, actually, I should say I never do it because I do a cold shower every day. Oh, um, so you do do it. Yeah, I was thinking like cryotherapy. Yeah, That's, cryotherapy, yeah. I guess it's like the new thing that most people go to. Yeah. And I've done that. I enjoy it, but it's just so much easier just to get it naturally yep. the best way you can. through. Yep. And I think water tends to have a different – little bit of a different effect like okay. you do like a like a cold bath you know like a you know a soak or something compared like an ice bath compared to like doing the cryo yeah um, it's a little bit of a different stimulus even though it's still the cold right um almost i guess i would liken it to uh maybe like the minor difference between like a dry sauna and an infrared sauna oh yeah you know what i mean they're both yep. hot they're both saunas but yep. they're just a little bit different there's something to those red saunas man i, I don't know what it is i, I did uh like a red yoga class one time and yeah. I walked uh, like in the dead of winter and I walked out feeling like I'd been in the sun all day. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly it gives you, I guess just like a, a deeper sweat or okay. I don't really quite know. I do enjoy for some reason the dry sauna cause like I can really feel that. Yeah. Um, like immediately, like I get, it feels like I can feel the suck. I can feel the struggle. <laughs> so I kind of like that. And maybe it's just me being a little old school, but do those infrareds are nice. Yeah. And they usually have like uh, some, some of them are really big. And like you said, you said it was in a hot yoga place. Yeah. That's cool. So it was like the whole room in infrared yeah. sauna. Yeah. Like, dude, I can only imagine. Like, it was pretty that, cool. What that cost outfit. Where is it? So that's in Arbor. Yep. What's that place called? Plug them. Uh, red yoga. <laughs> red yoga. <laughs> I, I can dig that, yeah. dude. Yeah. So if you're in the area, guys, go check out red yoga. Yeah, I should go back. I was only there a couple of times. I, I went for like a two part workshop. Yeah. So. That's super cool, man. That's super cool. Um, do you do, do you take any supplements? Um, not, regularly enough to say that i do you know during the winter time um i take vitamin d yeah do you pair um, that with like a like a vitamin k or is it already mixed with it you know i don't okay I don't should i yeah when you take a vitamin d if it doesn't already have it in there um you, you want to pair it with the vitamin k because that's going to help the absorption okay yeah remind me to write that down <laughs> when we're done with this podcast i don't want to forget that okay um, and then, um, you know, when I'm traveling, I'll, I'll take the uh, on it total human packs. Uh, if yeah, I, um, I saw that earlier, actually. And uh, I do love the Alpha Brain, but aside from that, I don't, I don't do a ton of supplementing. I don't really do um, like even creatine anymore, or um, it's very rare that I have a protein shake. Yeah, um, I'm just I kind of got away from depending on that, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure that it's good or bad. It just is what it is. I would say that I don't notice a difference yeah um 
Food so, first. Yeah. Food should always be first. And I don't do a lot of supplements. I think I've, I have been more recently implementing like a greens mix. I've been using this okay. company called First Form. They're based out of St. Louis. And um, they have just one of the some of the best products on the market as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And um, I love their greens mix. And like I'll add, I, if I do supplementation, I'll do like single ingredients. Like I'll add to that. For example, like ashwagandha, which is just a root. Or I'll add, like, I think it already has spirulina in there, but I'll add another one that I have in there because I know the one I'm adding is broken-celled, so it has better absorption because I don't know if theirs does or not. And I'll also add some uh, chlorella, and then I'll add some uh, some hemp protein. So, like, okay. all single-ingredient things. Yeah. Um, and I don't even do that every day because, again, I, I think food first, but I really do enjoy the green mix. I think – I'm sure you get this question, what detox can I take? Or what's oh. the best protein to take? Or yeah. it's like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, well, have you tried eating food? Right. Um, have you tried maybe just adding in more greens? Like, yeah. there is no fucking de- – go on a fast if you want to detox. Yeah. Like, your body yeah. will naturally do that. Yeah, people have asked me about, like, the juice cleanses before. That's actually one. I don't know why, but I've been asked that question a number of times. Yeah. Have you ever done a juice detox? What would you recommend? I've never done one, and I never will. Yeah. It's not – it's not a thing. Yeah, and, and you got to be careful of juices, man. You're removing all that fiber, and you're typically getting yeah. a concentration of sugar. Yeah, depending if you're how you're doing. And most people tend to, you know, lean towards the fruit juices, right? Because it sure. tastes good. Get that mouth pleasure. Yep, yep. <laughs> but uh, that's one of those things that I think that, you know, what what happens when people go go on those those cleanses? Like their their body, they just flush everything out, right? That's the it just, idea. It just comes out the way it normally would. It's just a lot harder and faster, right? I mean, essentially, yeah, you're trying to uh, sweat out or just yeah. get rid of toxins and stuff. But yeah. I mean, the body will naturally do that through a good fast, and you actually probably have more right. benefit. For sure, for sure. And and I tend to think that that is the same sort of thing as is your workout better because you sweat a lot. Uh, not necessarily. Right, right. It's yeah, not. no, it's not. it's not. And it's not to say you can't sweat a lot and have a great workout, but it's not necessarily the indicator of a great workout. If you Absolutely. go to the gym and your trainer just kicks your ass and you're just sweating balls, soaking through every piece of clothing you're wearing and you walk out, you might feel like, man, I got an awesome workout. My trainer just beat me up. Yeah. And then you're going to be sore for a couple of days. It's, it's not necessarily an indicator that that was a healthy move. Yeah. I hate when people use that as the marker. Yeah. Like how much did I get beat up in the gym? It's like, dude, like you should be able to leave this place feeling better than you came. Yeah. Um, we'll probably sweat a little bit because we're going to put a little bit of work in, but you don't have to be drenched. You don't have to be fucking dripping full of yep. sweat. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's okay. Just exert yourself a little bit and, um, uh, and just feel good. Yeah, absolutely. It's a daily practice. I mean, the best practice is, like, you know, you should feel at least as good as when you walked in the door, be it, um, you know, be it like a juice cleanse, you know. You should feel good. You shouldn't feel like shit. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be, like, just shitting your brains out. I just don't feel like that's natural. Or you shouldn't just be sweating and sore at the gym or, you know, like t- a therapy session. Using a box of Kleenex, not necessarily an indicator that that was a good session. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it is, or maybe you got a lot out of it, but you you want to walk out of those things feeling, like, empowered. Yeah. Absolutely. You All know, of those things. It's interesting you said therapy because, like, I often have, have looked at um, Mace Flow as just, you know, a movement, like a moving therapy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's uh, – it's it's definitely uh it can be very uh, therapeutic for many. And I'm glad that you said it that way because that's actually something I th- I think I posted about this not too long ago about the difference between therapeutic ex- activity and therapy. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure in the, you know running in the circles we have you've heard terms like 
iron therapy, mm-hmm. you know, mat therapy, you oh, know, yeah. applying to like jujitsu or wrestling. Those activities are therapeutic. Yeah. You get a serotonin blast, you know, mm-hmm. your dopamine, um, you, f- you feel good. Yeah. You might, you, I mean, you might feel like you ran through the ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's not the same as therapy. Um, you know, I, I've, I've maintained that if you want to get your mind right, you really have to sit with yourself and go deep into your mind. Um, and, and those activities are great. Keep doing them. But I'm not really willing to call them therapy. Just like I'm not really, you know, and I love to flow. I love moving meditation. Mm-hmm. It's different than meditation. It's different than yeah. sitting with yourself. More so therapeutic, less therapy. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So I just, I, I, I like to draw that distinction because I've seen a lot of guys who are really into jujitsu or really into various activities that they call her their therapy but yeah they're not balanced people yeah it's like to a degree it is because it's like um taking care of the body does help with the mind but it can also become a distraction to where you never actually sit down and deal with your shit yeah because you're always using it to get away right and and to spin it the other way when do you feel like you have the best workouts when you are feeling good mentally or when you're feeling shitty mentally? Oh, good mentally. Yeah, absolutely. That's when you feel like you're empowered. That's when you feel like you can get through every rep. Fuck. That's when you can love every rep. That's when you can, you know, take the worst rep of your least favorite exercise and still love it. Yeah. Whereas when you go in in a crappy mood, you don't want to be there. You don't, you know, you're grinding through it. You might quit early. You might take longer rest. Yeah. It's not going to be as effective. So, you know, I think that, you know, you're absolutely right that getting your body right can really help your mind. Yeah. Getting your mind right can really help your body too, though. Absolutely, yeah. And I think some you said something really interesting. I think some of the, the flip side to that um, is whenever you don't feel like going to that workout is it does present you with an opportunity to um, face challenge and struggle and to work through it and mm-hmm. then create a win. Yes, and then, absolutely. And then you do feel good because it's like, I fucking did it anyway. Yeah. Yes. But I think that you've got a mental barrier to overcome, and it's almost it as if you need to overcome that barrier before you get to the gym. What did you guys say that guy's name was, Jocko? Um, Jocko Willink? Yeah, yeah. It's like you got to get to that place where I feel like crap today. I don't want to go to the gym. Good. Yeah, do it anyway. Yep, yep, good. This is an opportunity for me to overcome. Yeah. And then that starts the process of overcoming. Yeah. Um. You got to talk to yourself. Uh, I mean, it sounds silly, but you almost got to say out loud to yourself, like, I feel like crap. I'm going to overcome this. Yeah. I'm going to go in. And then you got to be smart about it and say that, you know, I might not be feeling good mentally, might be connected to something physically. That might not be the day to try to try to PR if you're a big lifter. Right. It might be a good day to go in and do some really solid support work. Right. Yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. Like still get something in, but like you said, it starts with your mind, right? You yep. have to make a choice. Yep. And I'm a big believer that I really believe it really starts with the mind because uh, once, once the mind is in place, then the body will follow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I'm so with that. Um, and I think, powerful. you know, I know I keep taking this back to us being Midwesterners, but I think it just affects a lot of our mindset. And, you know, seasonal affective disorder and chronic depression are real everywhere, Dude. all over the world. Oh, and, man. and we don't even have it the worst in the Midwest. You know, we could be in Scandinavia or Norway or places where they, you know, see the sun a few hours a day for you know, yeah. more than half of the year. Um, really? If those facts are not accurate, I'm sorry. 
I'm just well, I'm even just, more home-based yeah. us is like like uh, Washington or Oregon, where yeah. it's known to be super cloudy and, right. and rates of depression yep. are even higher. Seattle, yeah, yeah, yep. dude, and it's it's rough, dude. Yep. You know, especially uh, when the days are short and you don't get much sun. It's yeah. fucking rough. Yeah, and and we come from a you know a local cu- culture of of grinders. You know, you yeah. said it's you know it's St. Collar. Louis is yeah blue collar. I mean, Detroit's the same way. Um, you know, the, these are people that just get into a just get into the grind you, yeah. you wake up you go grind you come home you watch tv you yeah fall asleep you know it, it that's not putting in the work to get your mind right to keep your body right yeah you know you you gotta come home from the grind and you gotta meditate you gotta you gotta go talk to somebody be it a, a coach a therapist a close friend or somebody but you gotta you gotta analyze why you're doing what you're doing instead of just going around like you're on a hamster wheel and i think that's a really easy rut for people to fall into um you know in my geographic region i I see a lot of it yeah yeah how do you like to get through those moments um i talk to myself just the positive self-talk yeah you know um i I, we talked a little bit earlier i got a lot of negative soft or uh self-talk um i've got a a voice of self-doubt that lives inside of me it's part of my ego and i have to uh I've had to make peace with it. Um, I've had to learn to love it and try to give it a different job than, yeah. than just living in a state of fear. Yeah. Um, trying to get it to live in a state of, uh, you know, uh, of love and kindness is, is a ongoing challenge, but, um, but yeah, but yeah, I definitely will talk to myself a lot. So, and it's not, it's not always positive, but I try to keep a positive spin on it. Right. And I'm not afraid to say things out loud to myself in the yeah. presence of others. <laughs> um, I, I do it all the time. Uh, like, I, an antidote, I, I told you, uh, um, about, about running and saying, uh, you know, I can do this all day. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's powerful. Um, yeah, it's a good, good place to end it, man. Just, uh, just being being positive dude yeah um we've been going for about an hour so oh yeah yeah time just flies doesn't it that went by fast um well brother i'm gonna leave the floor to you um if there is um anybody i mean anybody else you wanted to plug or um obviously shout out your um your socials how people can get a hold of you follow you check you out man the floor is yours thank you um yeah definitely follow me on instagram that's where i'm the most active it's uh at jeffrey dot oaks j-e-f-f-r-e-y dot o c h s uh look for me on the facebook uh a2 steel fit uh if you're in michigan and you want to come check out a class hit a2 steel fit.com uh just go ahead and book a class i'll give you the first one free um and come check it out Uh, i run two mace classes a week and then one just general unconventional class on saturday mornings so you know go get your drink on friday night and come sweat it out with me saturday morning um, and yeah, steel mace flow. We're doing it this weekend. Um, I'm a certified coach. I'm happy to teach people. I'm happy to hit me up remotely. I'm going to, in the not terribly distant future, be, uh, launching a online coaching platform. So, uh, if you want to get in and uh, help me beta test some stuff, just reach out to me on my Instagram and we'll, we'll set it up, man.
I can dig it. And, I, and I'll put this in the show notes, too, so people can easily just click and get a hold of you, brother. So Thank you. Much appreciated. Hey, man, this has been a fucking fantastic day. I'm glad we were able to do this. Oh, and yeah. uh, I'm excited for uh, the rest of the weekend, dude. So it's all positive. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, guys. This has been, like, my first real podcast. So uh, thanks for being gentle. <laughs> right on, brother. All right, everybody. Um, until next time. All right. Thank you.